Hey, welcome back to the Sower's Almanac. This is episode 24. Um, this is uh, our third part in the series that we started the other day that we titled Feats of Strength. Um, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, feats of strength in our relationship with God. Qualities and uh, disciplines in our relationship with God that are good things to have um, in the context of planting a church. That's what we're going to be talking about and wrapping this series up with this episode. So we hope you guys enjoy this one. Um, I'm sorry for the, the little bit of a delay getting this episode up, but we uh, actually have been working to get some more guests on the podcast and working on just making the podcast better. So uh, it was for good reason. So hopefully you guys enjoy what we have in store for you guys in the very near future. Um, but yeah, thank you guys again for listening. Hope you enjoy this episode. As always, you can go to ransomcitychurch.com work to find out more about us as a church and to get in contact with us at Sower's Almanac. Go to ransomcitychurch.org and click on the contact tab and you can submit in any questions to us at the Sower's Almanac questions, comments, really whatever. If you want to get in touch with us, go there and we'd love to hear from you guys. So as always, please do that um, and then we'll discuss any questions or comments that we get sent sent in. So uh, yeah, ransomcitychurch.org, click the contact tab. Thank you guys as always again for listening and for spreading the word. Enjoy this episode, episode number 24, Feats of Strength, Part 3, God. Have a good one. Welcome back to the Sower's Almanac. I'm Seth. Greg. And Chris. We've got all three of us full house. What? You want to do the intro again after that? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Um, so this is part three of the Feats of Strength. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, feats of strength in relation to God, in our relationship with God. Um, and so that's what we'll be talking about today. We'll wrap up this series with that. So <clears throat> what do you mean by feats of strength? You may want to re-explain that for people who are just checking in now. Yeah. Um, so in this series, we're just talking about uh, kind of qualities uh, in a church planter that are helpful for church planting. And as we've said before, you know, this is not, first of all, this is not an exhaustive list. This is not a prerequisite. Uh, you know, th these aren't qualifications for being a church planter or, or an elder or anything like that. Um, this is more just skills or traits that are helpful to have while you're planting. And so in this episode, it's in relation to God. Um, in a relationship with God that we're going to be talking about. And some of them do overlap into things that you yes. definitely have to... Like today we're going to talk about like prayer. Like, yeah, you got to... Everyone has to pray. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. So, yeah, some of these are going to be just things that generally you should be doing anyway. Mm -hmm. But in planting are particularly helpful. Um, so let's just talk about the list. Um, so first of all, as we're talking about in our relation to God, um, the first feat of strength... Uh, is just relationship with God. Like, mm -hmm. you have to have one. <laughs> so, first first and foremost, you, you have to know Jesus. Uh, but you have to have an actual active relationship with God. Not just you believed in Jesus one time, and then you became a church planter. No. You, you have to have an active, ongoing, daily, disciplined relationship with God. Uh, that then spills into your church planting and your pastoring of other people, mm -hmm. ministering to the people around you, evangelism, and all those other things. But unless you have a personal relationship with God yourself that's ongoing and daily and disciplined, you're just not going to have a very effective ministry really whatsoever. Right. I think, like, <clears throat> if you are a pastor, one of the pastors at your church, you need to be leading people out of the overflow of the relationship with God that you're having. And so if there really isn't much of one, you're going to feel really dry 
the people you're leading are going to be dry. And mm-hmm. I think we've even seen that at times, you know, when we're like really tired and stuff, just, yeah, you, you know, you summed it up really well. Um, we're just coming out of our kind of yearly, uh, staff retreat, uh, meant for planning. Um, but you were saying that when we're telling our people kind of how to connect with God through prayer and, uh, through the reading of, of scripture, mm-hmm. um, it feels like, like if we're like not you're doing, doing it, it ourselves memory, right? Like, I think I remember it like, being a good I've thing to pray. Like, like, like I used to be good at it and right. it was really beneficial. You should start doing it. Well, do you? I'm I'm really struggling with it, which is right. always going to be true. We're going to be uh, not doing it as much as we'd like. Um, but if you're not in a healthy rhythm of doing that, it's hard to, I guess, tell your people and show them um, by example how fruitful it can really be. Right. And and the reason we're bringing this up, in case you're like listening to this and you're like, you got an eye roll going. You're just like, okay, I know, like relationship with God, of course. But, like, the reason we bring that up in, in this series is because that's easier said than done, especially in planting. It's not always an of course. It's not an of yeah. course. Like, you have to remain disciplined about it, and it's really hard to do while planting. And it's really funny to say that, especially when you're planting a church for the Lord, to, like, yeah, how easy it is to forget about the Lord. But it is. Um, and for that relationship with God that you should have personally to slip, um, it's so easy. Like... I think as pastors and as church planters, we're the last people that we're worried about. Um, right. And in some sense, that's really dangerous. Right. That it's was really thing, dangerous. Again, as we just came out of this planning, like it was, we just took a few days to get away and just plan the year out. One of the things we talked about is like the reason we feel so tired is we're constantly planning. <clears throat> okay, how are we going to shepherd the people in our church? We got to keep that going. We got to keep that thing up. And then it's like, okay, oh yeah. And then we're also we got we got our wives. We got to worry about them. And then, we, and then it gets back to us, and it's like, ah, we're fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, oh, we're alive. Like, I don't need to sleep or work Good out enough. or eat right or read my right. Bible. or like, it's We're like, working really hard for God, but we're not feeling that relationship with him. You're right. Which is easy um, just with anything, like working really hard in the church rather than kind of on our church and right. what we want to do going forward. Mm-hmm. And it really... We were saying, you know, it needs to be the opposite way of, like, you're being, you know, led spiritually by God to the point where it's like, okay, now I want to, out of that overflow, shepherd and love my wife, right. and then right. <clears throat> shepherd and love my church, and it needs to be in that order. And we all know that, but it's, like you said, that's so much easier said than done. There's so many things. This is why we're doing this series. In case you're listening to this and you're kind of like, all right, do the next series, so I'm good. Don't do that, because here's why we're doing this, is because with this whole series... We know these things on paper. Mm-hmm. Like, and especially, it's really easy to know these things and even do these things in a vacuum to some extent. Like, mm-hmm. none of these things are completely easy to do, but in a vacuum, it's definitely easier to do, meaning before you're planting, before you're pastoring. But, like, <laughs> just know, especially for you guys that aren't planting and pastoring right now, and you're going to be doing it in the next couple of years, it's going to be a totally different story when you are actually doing the thing. It becomes way harder to juggle all these things. And, you know, I need this reminder. You know, we, we all need this reminder that, like, it needs to start there. You're, it needs to, you know, and it, and it is like that analogy with, 
like on uh, airplanes when they give, give the little safety right you got to put your instruction yeah your mask on first before yeah. you you know try to help anybody else it's really true like in the same way like that's how you need to do that in that situation and i think partly true in ministry we're like yeah but i'm not gonna like yeah I think there's an like, element of like right, yeah that's yeah, dangerous yeah. yeah um and so that's super 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 important and and in that it's just a matter it's not just a matter. It's not not simple at all. But um, I think a lot of the problem is, you know, scheduling and discipline and just remaining consistent with those things that we know that we should do mm-hmm. um, and making them a priority. And so whether it's maybe for some of you guys, you need to start your relationship or your day with your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm going to take time in the beginning of my day. Every day is going to be prayer and the word and, and whatever else that looks like for you. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe that's how you need to roll that. I know for me, that's usually more effective. Um, but yeah, with, without that, the whole rest of it falls apart. It just does. Like you're not quick on your feet in your uh, help and pastoring of other people. Uh, you know, t- situations will arise that normally you, mm-hmm. you'd have, whether it's a verse or just a, th- a thought um, to share. But <clears throat> yeah, it and I, yeah. like I got nothing. <clears throat> yeah, I remember. Um getting some counsel once from Jamie Page over at the church in DeKalb, um, just talking about the importance of kind of your daily devotional life and how if if you're not doing that and like a coworker talks to you about something and you haven't read scripture in like a few days, you're really grasping at straws. It's like, I don't really know what to say to this person. I'll Mm -hmm. I'll pray for you. Mm -hmm. But um, otherwise, it's, it's really easy to kind of walk in the spirit and say, well, I was just reading today. Like, you know, this is kind of where we can find God in the midst of our struggles and things like mm-hmm. that. Easier to apply scripture. If you've read it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Imagine. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like one thing I heard from Joe Thorne, who's past one of the pastors at uh, redeemer fellowship. He said, like, you can't always have the, you can't always be in the word, but you can always have the word in you. Yeah, yeah and in the sense that, like, if you're memorizing, if you're taking time, like, once or twice a day or whatever to read the word, memorize it, dwell on it, it will always be in you throughout the day, even though you can't every minute of the day be reading it, you can be, like, it can always be on your mind and stuff. And I think that's what we're saying is, like, we've got to be hearing from God and speaking to God. So at the base level, mm-hmm. that's Bible study and prayer. Um, but I think there's other things you can do that might not fall in those two <clears throat> specific categories that you also need to be doing. Um, and like, I know Matt Chandler had a really good sermon one time that he's really known for of stirring your affections for Jesus mm-hmm. that like, he says like, everybody's got to be in the word. Everybody's got to be praying, but there might be other things you specifically have to do like that stir your affections for Jesus mm-hmm. and stop doing things that rob your affections for Jesus. Right. And <clears throat> he kind of talks about like for him, he wakes up really early in the morning. He has coffee like that's part of it for him. Now that's mm-hmm. might not for you know maybe that's not for you, but figure out what those things are. And he says constantly be checking like, am I just doing them now because that's what I do, or is it because it's stirring me up to Jesus or robbing my affections for Jesus? Right. I think that's really helpful. And then the second one, so the first is relationship, and the second one is just living a life of dependence mm-hmm. on God, um, which really that starts with realizing how dependent on God you actually are, like starts with um, humility in you to know, like, I'm a broken sinner who there is no life in me apart from mm-hmm. God at all. Right. Um, I can't do this whatsoever. I, I can't do what God's calling me to do 
in the planting of this church apart from him whatsoever. I just don't have what it takes. Um, you know, I'm broken, I'm fragile. I produce sin in and of myself and, and on my own apart from God. And so it kind of starts there with mm -hmm. like knowing who you are, knowing how broken you are and how much you need God. Mm -hmm. um, and then living a life that reflects that reality. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's I think why Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom. You're right. not going to see the kingdom come in your life or in your church or in your city if you don't realize your spiritual bankruptcy, just mm -hmm. that you are, I don't have anything to give. I have nothing to offer and everything, anything that I do have to offer is either from God or it's just me being proud. Right. Um, right. And realizing that I think will totally shape your attitude and the way you work. And then also like when you realize that you're going to want to be in prayer and in the word cause you know, Oh my gosh, I really need to be right. It's in, so you almost have to start with that spiritual poverty. Right. It's so, not an option. It's, I need this mm -hmm. for life, you know, for sustainability from God. Um, and, having that attitude, that dependence spills then into your church plant, mm -hmm. you know, it spills into your people for one, but you know, just the bottom line is nothing is your church plan is not going to work apart from God. It's just not right. Like the, it, what you're doing, if you just dissect what you're doing on paper is an utter impossibility apart from God showing up and working some miracles. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to care about your church apart from God working in people's hearts to care about your church. Um, and, and to care about it for the right reasons, you know, that there's life in Christ and you're pointing people to Jesus. Like nobody's going to care about those things. Um, I, as reformed theologians, we know God is the one, you know, who, who causes new birth in people, right. gives people new hearts. And unless that happens, there's, well, and I love there's that, no Jesus happening in Jesus their life. Jesus describes it like the Holy Spirit coming to bring new life is like the wind. If that doesn't help you realize yeah. like how desperate you are for God to do it, like, Okay, just make it, you know, wind right now <laughs> and in this direction wind. and for yeah. that long and that strong of wind. Like, right. there's nothing you can do. You can't stop no. the wind. You can't control the wind. You can't nope. direct it. Um, and so I think what you can do, though, and I've used this analogy before, is like in the terms of sailing, you can catch the wind. Right. You can see where it's going already. You can see how strong it's right. blowing, what direction it's blowing in, when it blows, and you can raise your sails and catch as much of that wind as possible, but you cannot control it. And I think... Right that's the Christian life is yeah. learning to live in that relationship with God where he's like the wind. I mean, you can't control him. You can't tell him right. what to do, but you can't experience him and be filled with him and catch that wind mm -hmm. and let that propel you forward to where he wants you to go. Right. Well, and if you're not dependent on God today, you know, actively, if you're not living a life that reflects the fact that you need God um, and you're going to play at the church, you're going to find out because I mean, time and time again, just in the history of our church, since we planted Ransom City mm -hmm. uh, up until now, it's just been like, wow, like this just is, the, it's not going to happen unless God shows up. Right. Um, and even our best laid plans are not going to work unless God shows up and makes some things happen and, you know, stirs in people's hearts and mm -hmm. draws people to himself. Um, and so like, know that going in, like you've got to live consistently and constantly dependent on God, you know, to make things happen. Um, and, and that even means you know, certain ideas that you concoct in your head and you try, you know, you kind of give to him and go, all right, I don't know. You know, we're going to try this, but ultimately we're dependent on God for this. And mm -hmm. if it doesn't work, maybe there's a reason, right. you know, maybe you need, I need to let it go and just let him have this. You and know, that can and, be kind of painful sometimes yeah. to be like, man, I feel like a failure because our idea didn't work, but it's like, yeah, why did we try the thing in the first place? Right. You know? 
Um, we tried it to bring people into our church and into a relationship with God. It didn't really accomplish that. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's try something else. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you're a failure. It just means that that thing didn't work in that place at that time and try yeah. something else. Right. And I guess to summarize, like, just so you guys can hear this and we can kind of preach the gospel to your hearts, um, as fellow planters and pastors or people who are looking to do that in the future, like you're not a good enough preacher to change hearts. No. Like you're not, your, your preaching is not good enough. You're not no. going to get up there and just be so good at <clears throat> preaching that people come to faith in Jesus. Nope. Nope. Yeah. No, people come to faith in Jesus because God is drawing them and he gives them new hearts. Mm-hmm. It's a new spirit within them. And then they put faith in Christ. Like yeah. th- it's a miraculous work of God. And unless that happens, it's not going to happen. You can't, you can't be a good enough preacher to right. make people love Jesus. You well, can't. And even like, apart from God, you know, I think a lot of people sometimes think like, you know, when people walk away, oh, they're really convicted you know, or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. even that's not really the goal because... Yeah, that's the um, Holy Spirit. Well, but, like, in the sense of, like, oh, they just, like, they went away and they were like, wow, that was something. Like, that's not really... You know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Francis Chan was the one who talked about that, that he was like, yeah, the rich young ruler went away sad. That doesn't... <laughs> like, that's not a that's not a success point. story. That's, yeah. like, you want to see them hope in the gospel and change their lives. Not, oh, yeah. they went away going, man, that's... Ooh, that's Ooh, something, Pastor. We, we like, talk about that you know, all the time when we're like prepping to preach. Like, I'll have moments in my week where I'm like, I'm really worried this is going to be a sermon that I get up there and preach and get done, and people are like, "Wow, that was neat." Right? Whoop de doo. Like, we—that's not what we want. Right? You know, we want the goal is not to be Twitter worthy. No, no, and let that die right now if that is your goal because that's not worth it. Like, right. you want people to taste and see that the Lord is good. You want people to love Jesus. Which part of that that's what you usually want. means you also have to be concise and memorable. Exactly. But you have that's to work a means, hard as a preacher. It's a means to the end of getting people yeah. to love God. This is in no way cutting off the knees, the importance of preparation to right. preach and right. trying to work on your craft of preaching. And if you don't know what we're talking about, CR, we did a previous series on preaching. Um, so we firmly believe that and believe that's important. But what we're just saying is that's not sufficient. Right. You know, your, your skill as a preacher is not sufficient to save souls. You need God. Um, and the same is true with, you know, you being winsome um, and, and meeting people as you're in your city and trying to do evangelism. You're not good enough at that to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you need God to show up. It reminds me, because I know you also just saw Into the Woods. Yeah. I loved that he was like, I was only ever meant to be charming, talking about Prince Charming. <laughs> I love And that. they were like, he's not very good. And it's like, well, that's not, he's just delivering on what right. he promises that yep. he's charming. Um, yep. Which, spoiler, I guess. But uh, anyway. If you just, come on. Into whatever, the woods it's Prince Charming. A musical that's been around for a while. <laughs> Long so. time. But anyway. Can't help uh, <laughs> but just in the sense of like you being charming is not the goal. Like mm-hmm. you being winsome is not the goal. Yeah. Um, or yeah. just nice. Right. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so just know that. Like you can't be winsome enough that then people are going to love Jesus. No. Mm-hmm. You need the Holy Spirit to work in people's hearts. Right. You, you can't, can't be... charm a corpse. Right. It just doesn't it's, work. Exactly. Just does they are work. spiritually dead apart from yeah. God. And, and so the same is true there. The same is true with like your strategy is not good enough. It's mm-hmm. just not. It's not. It doesn't. I don't care what your strategy is. I don't care if it's the greatest strategy that's ever strategized. It is not sufficient. Strategy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not sufficient in and of itself apart from God to get the job done. It's just not. And so I know I'm not telling you anything that's like, 
oh, wow, this is, you know, I've never heard this before. Mm -hmm. I want to remind you of this, though, that don't buy into that lie. And it doesn't matter if you haven't planted yet or are going to plant in the future, you know, are planting right here and now, planted three years ago. I don't care. You need to consistently be reminded of this. You need God and you need to live a life of dependency on God that reflects that truth that I, there's no life in me apart from God and I need him to make any of this happen. Um, which is again, so easy to have slip away as the years continue to go by in planting and you just get into the nitty gritty of task stuff, you know, where you're just like, what do we need to get done? Let's get that done. You know, we got We have all this stuff to do and you just get into the do, 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 do to keep the ship afloat, you know? Yeah, I know I said do You said do do. I said yeah. it a bunch of times. Yeah. But like but yes. to, just to keep the engine running, there's so many different tasks that you like I, I we have to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so easy to slip into that and that task manager and management and just forget about our well, dependence on God. Well and it's just losing sight of the fact that like at one level your church is kind of like a company, but it's not a company. It's like uh-huh. it's a spiritual family. Yep. And I think like like, I think to deny any sense of, like, it being like a company or anything like that, like, no, like, you do have, like, bills to pay, and there, there are some elements of that, yeah. you know, and, and it's not unwise to, to take some cues from different people like that, but I think when we go completely, you know, in that strategy, Business you know, mode. yeah, we're, it's all about strategy and numbers and figures and where we're going to be by 2016, like, it's... At some level, you just got to be spiritually poor, you know, spiritually poor, and go. I don't have anything to give. I, you know, it's the whole like I've, we've said it before, but John Piper's, you know, brothers, we are not professionals. That yeah. idea, yeah, I think really needs to resound in there. Yeah, and not to lose sight of that, not to forget that, and to just consistently live that way, mm-hmm. you know, to the best of our ability. And obviously, this goes without saying, but we'll say it again. You're not going to do any of these things perfectly by any stretch of the imagination. No. The, so it's not about like getting these things right and checking a box. It's a it's a matter of you're not going to get these things right. right. What we're telling you is keep tabs on them, you mm-hmm. know, and and constantly be evaluating things these to strive things for. and going, is this true of me right now? And if it's not, let's all right. I'm going to repent. And the good news is I can just run back home. I can run to Jesus and let's right. get, let's. You know, change what we need to change. Let's repent of what we need to repent of and move right. forward and, you know, strive to honor God mm-hmm. and love God the way that we ought to. So, yeah, dependence um, is another huge one. Um, and then the next one we had was courageous obedience. Um, Risk taking. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, welcome other church planters to a whole lot of risk taking. Like, it yeah. just, that's what church planting is a it's lot just of the time. a big time. risk, yeah. A whole lot of risks. And that's like start to finish from the second Because it's like you... people's careers and money yeah. and lives. And yeah. Like, it's, there's a lot at the stake. Yep. And I was reminded of that again recently. We, we've got a couple who we love. Um, they're a new couple, a new part of our church. Uh, who just moved here from out of state uh, to be a part of our church family. And Not just like and the next help. state over. Oh, no. From the south. The south. Yeah. Um, to move up here to be a part of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those reminders of like, holy cow. Like, they just up and left, you know, jobs and family, friends yeah. and, you know, all these different things that they had here to be a part of what God is doing here. Um, yeah. To lay it on the line and go, this is what we feel God calling us to do and we want to be a part of it. Right. And it was just a reminder, like... That for one, that's what church planting is. Yeah. Um, and for two, like as church planters, like there's a level of responsibility on our part when people do that of like these people are joining us in that and we want to steward that well mm-hmm. and love them well um, and honor their courage in doing that by us consistently 
keeping that going in mm-hmm. our own lives and in our church. Um, it's it was just a cool kind of reminder of like that's what we need to keep doing. Yeah, you know. Um, so that was cool. Um, but yeah, courageous obedience. It's it's really easy to, and especially when you get into kind of a rhythm and get a little bit down the road to start playing it safe, mm-hmm. and you just can't. You got to consistently do things that God's calling you to do. You know, even when they're a big risk, just because right. you have to. That's what it means to be the church. You yeah. know, I think it's also in the small things of like, you know, talking to someone at work about yeah. Jesus. Like, that doesn't sound like big, courageous risk taking, but, but like is. it really is. And yeah. I think that's the stuff that we write off as like, ah, eh, not right now. Yeah, and it's like no, that that's part of part of your spiritual poverty is also saying I'm just going to follow God's will no matter what. Yep. Um, even in the small things, um, like, you know, Jesus says he who's faithful in little will be faithful in much. Um, I think that's, that's definitely at play here because that courageous obedience, sometimes it's easier to make that big risk of like moving somewhere or whatever, but it's a lot harder to do the day in and day out, like just go to church every week. Like, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) and work hard. Right. And I've heard it related to as like the down payment on the house is big, but sometimes it's easier to do that than the monthly payments, you know, like, um, and so, yeah, it's both. That's really good. Yeah. That's really good. And and there's just moment. The reason we bring this up is there's constantly moments in planting Mm -hmm. where you're just like, okay, we're going to do this now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, let's let's do this. Let's be desperate in prayer. Pray that God meets us in it. We feel 100% that this is what God's calling us to do, but there is a risk involved to this. Right. You know, whether it's something evangelistic or outreach in your community. Or even um, just dropping a know, big sum of money on something that absolutely. you think is the right idea as a church, right. but you just really don't know at the end of the day right. until you do it. And we've talked about it before, but this is one of our prime examples is when we chose to start meeting publicly mm-hmm. because we, we started having public worship services far earlier than most church plants do. And we, you know, as we talk about that, just to clarify anytime we've talked it's about not this, right or wrong. No, we're not tooting our own horn and saying how we did it is the right way. No. I don't think there is a right or wrong way there. No. I think it is a case by case. You have to be desperate and dependent on God um, and you know, it's going to look differently depending on your context and all kinds of other different factors. But for us, we really felt strongly, like we feel like this is where God's leading us is to start this now, but oh boy, <laughs> this is, this is going to be a real challenge. We're signing ourselves up for a whole lot more work in the midst of a season that that's going to be difficult to pull off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a f- financially, you know, we got to rent a space now. We got to, you know, it was all these different factors. So it wasn't a rash decision no no to us at the time it felt like it was a big decision where we are um, this is a big decision this is a big move yeah yeah this might be something we need to take on Mm -hmm. some unnecessary risk um, yeah for god's glory yeah and we've seen that blessed well that's what i was gonna say praise god um he really blessed that decision and i feel like that was not the right because it was the best decision that we could have made just because our god is good and we've seen um him really work through that yep Part of obedience, too, is just, you know, if you're not in the word, kind of going back to that relationship with God, spiritual poverty, if you're not practicing practicing those things regularly, you're not going to know what his will is. There's nothing, mm. there's nothing you're going to be passionate about. You're going to be, like, always kind of wondering, am I doing the right thing? Am I, you know, devoting myself to the right things? But, like, if you're in the word, saturated with the word, walking with God in prayer... 
and you have that close relationship with him, you're going to be like, no, yeah, this is the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Like, even if there is risk involved and there's some uncertainty, you're going to feel a lot more certain because you are hearing from God regularly, right, day in and day out. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to pull up a text that's going to be like, you know, start public worship services on April. Like, it's not going to happen. But you will be putting yourselves in God's word and seeing principles that shape what your decisions are right. you know, absolutely so it's not going to give you the all the ins and outs but god will guide you that way right you just trust the holy spirit's revealing you know to you what you what it, okay <clears throat> this seems like what what is going on here right but yeah unless you're in the word and in prayer it's pretty hard to figure out right you know, that's how that's how we communicate <laughs> with god you know? <laughs> like there's no other you know you can't there's no other mode really right so yeah, that's super, super important. And, you know, that's one of our examples, but like, I'm sure you guys have walked in many others. Um, but just that's in order to plant effectively, you have to be willing to take risks. Mm-hmm. Um, and all right. In order to be a Christian. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and here, here's, I guess where it makes the big difference is going, okay, this is, we feel strongly. This is the direction God's calling us to go so much. So we value him and his leadership of his church this is his church mm-hmm. so much that we're willing to take this risk yeah like that that's kind of your operating principle well because part of that risk is also sacrifice like mm-hmm. that's the almost the essence of risk is that you're putting something on the line you're mm-hmm. you're willing to sacrifice even if it doesn't cost you in the end it could and mm-hmm. so i think there's you know and the, i think the christian life is just filled with sacrifice right. and so mm-hmm. you can't really be a christian without, without sacrifice. like sacrificing yep. and risking well, and, like, I love John Piper talks about, like, everything's a risk. You don't know what's going to happen with anything. Absolutely. Like, you go out the door, it's a risk, technically. Like, mm-hmm. the only person who can't risk is God. Like, he knows everything and is certain of his will and will accomplish it, but everything we do is a risk. That's and totally so, true. Take risks. Yeah. Yeah. Do so obediently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, take risks for God. Don't take risks for the sake of risks. Right. <laughs> I'm just going to do this. Like, don't do that. You know, do so to follow Jesus. Walking um, down dark alleys, guys. Just... <laughs> Not what we're saying. Um, and the last one we wanted to talk about, and again, don't roll your eyes, <laughs> is faith. Which is another one that it's like, I know. like, But no, really. like, This is why we're talking about this. Is No, really, seriously. like, you, You've got to be marked by faith in and trust in the goodness of God, the sovereignty of God. You know, all those things in the midst of planting. Right. I'm just going to trust him. And again, it all goes back to that relationship with God through the word and through prayer, because like faith in what? Like you don't know (laughs) who he is or what he's like if you're not constantly like beholding him in the word. Right. Um, Tasting him anew. mm -hmm. And so um, definitely be giving yourself to that. But I think faith in kind of two aspects. Um, first just being like when things don't go according to plan. Yeah. You know, like I think she's going to happen. That's a lot. I think that's going to be <laughs> the central mark of your early church plant is, well, that didn't really go how we thought it was going to. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard from several church planters and missionaries is like, you're going to have all these plans and then you're going to show up and go, well, let's just promptly throw those right in the trash. Cause, and boy, is that true. Yeah, it just is. But I, I think you still should plan. Yes. But, yeah. But be prepared be ready. for that to yeah. be greatly rewritten immediately. <laughs> right, exactly. Just have a very don't white-knuckle that plan. Like the church planting proposal. And all this <laughs> Which stuff. we talk about all the time. It wasn't a waste yeah. of time. It was good to think about. But only... Right. I mean, 
kind of academically too. It was just right. good to get thinking in that way. Right. But it has greatly changed because it's kind of amazing how much all of us like thought that we had some experience doing things like this. So we're like, yeah, I think I'm pretty prepared and kind of know what to do when I get there. Totally and then different. Did, and they're like, well, I'm really surprised this isn't working, but <laughs> I guess it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of I that. guess no one cares. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, and things are going to go wrong a lot. So just having trust that, okay, God knows what he's doing. This is failing for a good reason. you know, Or you know, maybe it's not even a failure. It's just this is it, what needed to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, f- Whether it's for my own sanctification, God is using this to grow me. Right. Um, this needed to happen to give us insight about our city. This needed to have whatever it is. Like just trusting in the sovereignty of God. And that he is good even in the midst of times that are really difficult. He knows what he's doing. This is happening for a reason. Right. You know, even when things are on fire, in essence. Right. Definitely, like, you know, before you plant a church or if you're in the midst of it or just any season as a Christian, be studying intently the doctrines of, like, God's sovereignty. Yes. The providence of God, that he's providentially in control of everything. Those things. You know, James, when it says, view all trials with joy, like, you have to be, like, glued to those truths, because things are going to go according to plan so little, Yeah, and I think we always... try to pry those out of your hands. Right, we try and cling really closely to the idol of control, Mm. but it's, that's a false god that really doesn't deliver on its promises, Right. but when we cling to the god of the Bible that says, I'm in control, you don't even have to worry about it, I'm already in control, and you can view all trials with joy... Uh, because it's for your good and, mm-hmm. and things like that. You know, Romans eight, like there's nothing can separate you from the love of God. Right. Like, everything's going. Everything's gonna be okay. Basically, mm-hmm. like, but not just saying that, but having really solid ground to stand on, like from Scripture yep. to say that. So it's not just words, but something you can really cling to. Right. And living a life in working in a ministry that's marked by those things. Mm-hmm. You know, having a church plant that reflects that truth. You know, even when things go wrong, God's good. He's in control. I'm going to let him have control over things he already is control over. <laughs> right. You know, um, and glorifying him and honoring him as king. Uh, and that includes over your church plan. That includes over your hopes and dreams and your fears and anxieties. Mm-hmm. Um, so just giving those things over to him. And, and that so having faith in God when things go wrong. But on top of that, having like childlike faith in God for big things to happen. You know, that not only is he good when things go wrong, but God well, will trust wrong, you for big things. But, like, when things don't go according to your plan. Exactly. Right. That's one way. But then right. also trusting him with a big plan. Right. You know, like, right. trusting that he'll deliver a really big thing, you know, right. I think is biblical, you know. Right. It's a good thing. Um, just a godly anticipation, and we want to see lives changed, mm-hmm. and we want to see our city changed, and God, we pray that that's going to happen, and we're going to trust you for this. Right. Even sometimes praying for very specific things, you know, because I've heard some people say, like, if you only ever pray for, like, general things, how do you know if he's even doing anything? Yeah, yeah, You know, because, like, sometimes you do want to pray for, like, God make me humble, but also sometimes you want to pray, like, maybe, maybe pray things like God bring three new people this week, specifically three, and then you'll see... You know, three people came or four, and you're like, God, you did more above and beyond. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. just those kind of things where it's like, if you're not asking sometimes for very specific things, like, you're not really sure if he's answering that. That is you true. Know, like, yeah. and, but, but he will. He'll specifically answer those prayers, right. and then you get to really grow in your faith that way, too. That's good. Yeah, that's really true. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, ask big, 
Uh, trust him for big things. Trust him for big things. Obviously, ask things that honor God. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, that goes back to it's got to be First based on thing, the word. Yeah. Because he's he's definitely going to answer prayers that are things he's promised he already is planning mm-hmm. on doing. Um, but yeah, asking those things is huge because, like, for one, especially if you are listening to this and you're one of the leaders in your church, like, you trusting God for really big things will spill over into your church. Like, those people will all be trusting God for big things as well if they hear you talking about that uh-huh. and they can see, you know, that kind of childlike faith in you. Right. Um, but if you're always kind of, you know, wringing your hands like, I don't know, I don't think this is going to happen and I don't know if God's going to show notice. Here. Yeah, that's definitely an obvious thing. Right. And as we've talked about before, like, your church is going to look like you. You know, right. your people are going to look like you in that way. And so <laughs> if you, if that's what you're pumping into the DNA of your church, yeah, that's what's going to show up. Um, and you don't want that. And I know you don't want that. We don't want right. that. None of us want that. We want all of us to have a childlike faith in God for big things. Um, right. That he is a big God. And so we can trust him. And he's bigger than all of our fears and anxieties mm-hmm. and all those things. And when things go well, too. Yep. To really... Absolutely. ...with those things. And not be like, well, it's a good thing we had that meeting. And That's true. And decisions. <laughs> yeah. But going, oh, that was the Lord. It's yeah. a good thing I'm smart. Good thing <laughs> I, I got that experience doing that and knew how to do it. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that's a really good point. And that's really easy to do. We, we had uh, we, kind of a beautiful moment of just recognizing um, a new kind of God at work in our church with the baptisms, which we talked about before, but mm-hmm. just like, oh yeah, God's I thought you doing were saying, all this like, stuff. We saw a new, like a different God at work in our church. No. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you said, yeah, wow. I think you, I think yeah. you said like, <laughs> no. seeing a new, like one word, a new. <laughs> But I heard a different God at work. We saw a new God at work. A new God showed up and <laughs> made some different things happen yeah. than we've seen before. I guess that shows how the important Viking grammar sun is. God. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, grammar is important. Um, folks. Yeah, no, just with I missed I, that. I, you, you took a picture at our baptism event, and that was a cool moment. Yeah. Just like as we baptized three of our people, it was just a reminder of like, no, God's doing all this stuff. We're just. Yeah. Along for the ride. It was yeah, it was really awesome you know. to hear those stories and to like hear how little I guess it, I guess it was kind of cool to hear how little a part of the stories like we were or our church was, but that it was just God who invaded their lives and yeah. um, that they were sharing this moment with us in our church it was mm-hmm. really cool and put the focus back on Him. Yeah, for me, mm-hmm. That's really what it did. Just seeing how God personally works in everyone's lives, like. Uh, during Advent, having people up, kind of sharing their uh, testimony of how God came into their life, I think can be really helpful. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So that's our list as far as the feats of strength. Um, so again, a rundown of it. It's, you know, at least in our estimation, you got to have a really tight relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Got to be really, really humbly dependent on him, specifically in prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, got to have courageous obedience to do whatever it is God's going to do and take big risks. And then last, you got to trust him both when things are going according to your plan and trust him for really big plans. Yeah. Those things are just really, again, from our experience have been super important. Mm-hmm. And again, we don't have any of those down, you know, we're speaking from experience as sinners and broken men who have failed time and again in all these departments. Right. Um, it's just things we need to continue to grow in and are really essential to, you know, planting healthily 
Um, so yeah, we hope this has been an encouragement and help to you, this mm-hmm. this whole series, The Feats of Strength, as we titled it. Right, which again, um, just a rundown of that, mm-hmm. you know, of course it's a play on words from that Seinfeld Festivus <laughs> reference, but, uh, but what we're getting at is like, these are traits, qualities that we think are desirable or good or solid qualities to have if you're in the position of being a church planter or pastor, and the series has been you know, your relationship, your, your strengths. And as it relates to others, yourself, and then this one was God. So definitely go back and listen to those other weeks, um, to hear a little bit more about that. And then also too, let us know, cause I'm sure we missed stuff that you think is really important. Yeah. We really you would know. love to hear if right. you guys have ones that you would add. Cause we just love to talk four. about that. I mean, it right. certainly doesn't come down to four things. <laughs> no, <you> know, so. <laughs> those are just the four that came to us, but we'd love to hear from you guys. So if you have ones that you'd love to add to any of those three, we'd love to talk about them on the next podcast. So mm-hmm. Please let us know, um, and we'll tell you how to do that later. But yeah, that's that wraps up the Feats of Strength series. Um, to cap off this episode, I want to just talk about what we were just doing. We literally just got in the car and got back uh, to Evanston, you know, what, a little no, while ago, yeah. and then turned the mic on and started this episode. So, Chris, why don't you tell everybody what we were doing? Yeah, so, um, so we've kind of slowly over time expanded our planning and meeting kind of schedule and structure, so... When we first got to Evanston and started trying to plant this church, we would meet like once a week. It was like, okay, we meet once a week. We work, you know, three of us or, you know, four, if it was Mike was here, we would work together and just kind of plan out the week and see, you know, what things we need to get done, who needs to do what. And then slowly over time, it's been like, well, we should probably also have like a longer meeting once a month to really plan out the month. And then we're like, well, and also probably once a quarter, plan out the quarter. Well, we finally got to a point where it's like, we should really have a yearly one. Yeah. Um, to really get some big vision, like the course of the year, you know, what big things do we want to highlight this year? What big changes do we want to make? Um, and so we finally, for the first time after being here for two years, we finally got to do that this last couple days. So we just got back from, uh, we went about a half an hour away to, um, just get a, a little bit out of town and, um, and yeah, we just spent basically what, almost two whole straight days of planning all day every day (laughs) yes um in front of our computers just talking and uh so we spent kind of the first we left we left straight after church on sunday we spent Mm -hmm. the first kind of afternoon and evening just evaluating how was the last year yep um and just talking about what went well what didn't work what should we stop doing what should we start doing um and then basically a whole like almost day and a half after that of just what do we how do we plan out our preaching calendar how do we plan out events um how do we plan out you know rhythms in our church we we reworded some of our values so that they would be more accurate to what we're trying to get done yeah they're they're better now so (laughs) yeah they were uh worship love and mission and now um what did we land on so it was it was worship love and mission uh in in and we still really do hold to those that that is what we're trying to accomplish they were just a little bit uh, maybe vague or like not clear enough that when we tell our people like we're about love well, like, all right that's fine you know and and we still are but yeah. I think that wasn't maybe as tangible and so what we really decided made sense was that number one we are a family you know first Timothy which we're going to study this year talks about that we are the household of God so he's the dad and we're kind of in his house so we're a family filled with worshipers, servants, and missionaries. Mm -hmm. And so that still covers that worship, love, and mission aspect, but it also hits the idea. Yeah. And it hits the idea of family that we're one family together under the household of God. 
and also that we are worshipers. We are servants really hitting on like, what do we mean when we say love? It means we're serving people, like literally we're serving them. And also we are missionaries, not in the sense of our church is generally about mission, but it's really vague, right? It's very vague. (laughs) But like when you say specifically, like when you join this family, you are a missionary, like you are on mission. Oh, I get that. Right. That's a lot more specific. And so we kind of tweaked a a little bit of that. So yeah, that was really helpful. Yeah. And so we did, what was it like two so we left, yeah, Sunday afternoon and then just got back, you know, a this is, while this ago. This is, yeah, Tuesday afternoon now for us. Yep. So it was two straight days. Um, and we went out of town. We went we uh, t- we went to a hotel and you know, got a got a room mm-hmm. and just they had a table in there, which was Table nice. and so, chairs in there, yeah, yeah that we so used. that's where we had our meetings. Yeah. So we that was our whole thing for, mm-hmm. you know, two days mm-hmm. uh, and got tons done, mm-hmm. tons of stuff yeah, done that we normally don't have time for. As we were doing it, I'm kind of like wow, I can't believe that we used to talk about all of this stuff um, weekly on, yeah. in, in regular, <laughs> just regular week-to-week staff meetings. And that's why they were so long originally. Yeah. They would be like right. three hours because we'd get to a point where we're like, oh yeah, we should probably think about the next couple sermon series. Yeah. Right. Now it takes us like a couple <laughs> it's hours. It's like two hours do. into the meeting and we're right. like, oh, Yeah, sheesh. so we would do that now, every week. Yeah, and I feel like now we really do get to our staff meetings and about an hour or so in we're like, is there anything else? Can you guys, I think we're yeah, good. Sometimes there's something. Sometimes there's missed, more, but yeah. But, now, but in general, we've got it all done already <clears> before we get there because, you know, and I've heard this phrase before, like you have to be working on your life rather than just in your life yeah, all the time. And it's yeah. the same with the church. You have to like step right. out and like kind of look down at it from the sky and go, okay, what's all going on? What's here? happening? <laughs> now that we're doing that um, more regularly, I think we're starting to see those weekly meetings become shorter. Much which shorter. Is really yeah. the goal. Yeah. They were always um, like at least four hours. They were for every a long week. Time. Yeah, which it, sounds it, crazy, but. <laughs> yeah. And, and the reason I wanted to share that and that we just did that is for one, that was kind of unheard of for me for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard of other people doing it. And we were like, oh, we should do that. Um, and so I wanted to share that with you guys in case you were like me and had never heard of church planners or churches or pastors or whatever, elders doing that sort of thing. Um, maybe that's what you guys, maybe steal that, you know, mm-hmm. if, if it's helpful, yeah. um, that's what we do. And it helps us map out the whole year at a time and where right. we're headed, what are we trying to do? And that included, what are we going to emphasize? Right. You know, we talked about so these like, are areas we need to grow in as a church. How mm-hmm. can we start emphasizing those things from the pulpit and, you know, maybe mm-hmm. we give a little presentation on it during the service or, you know, right. things like that. So we talked about like, obviously family is going to be a big thing. Like yep. we are a family. Um, so right now we're preaching, a, a, we're, we're about, we're going to start in a couple weeks. We're going to start a whole series through first Timothy, just that we are a church together. And then we're even going to do a short series after that called we are a family. Yep. Like well, this is, this whole year is going to be about us as a church, as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to highlight things like prayer. We're going to highlight things like community. We're going to have, hangout nights and stuff. This is all just to get, you know, behind one idea. Um, cause I For think, year. you know, we're yeah. all aware that this time next year we'll be like, all right, so we did that idea to death. Now we have to kind <laughs> too of much family. Step too much family else, and you almost kind of have, have to the building blocks. Yeah. Right. Cause we were saying like by next year, we're going to go, man, they're all like just inwardly focused and there's no <laughs> mission. And you know, and like there's, it's there's an aspect something. of, yeah, you're always going to pendulum yeah. swing a little bit too far, but um, but I think like we want to get, we want to make progress in at least an area. So we kind of yeah. have to focus on one thing at a time with as small as we are to get some stuff done. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to do one thing at a time, you know, yeah. and that really is going to help us, I think. So. Yeah. So that's what we ended up doing. Just taking some time to get away and mm-hmm. plan all that stuff out, which, 
you know, maybe is helpful for you guys. Maybe that's something you need to think about doing. Right. And just to hang out, honestly. Yeah. We all needed that. Yeah. Like, I remember my wife is like, why do you need, like, two days with those guys? Like, you always see them. It's like, yeah, I always see them, but um, sometimes that's only for staff meetings or I'll go mm-hmm. week and only see one of you on a Sunday. And I know yeah. we're in kind of a unique situation, but we've all grown up friends and mm-hmm. it helps if we continue to be friends. So yeah, yeah, we need definitely. to kind of cultivate that uh, friendship that we have with each other um, so that we're kind of better able to work together and feel right. relaxed and refreshed to uh, do this ministry. And we, so it's, oh, sorry. Go I ahead. was just going to say, we even, by the end of it, we're like, we didn't even come close. Like, <laughs> no. we needed at least Another one day. more day. Um, and that was with, we really didn't take any breaks except to eat. Nope. Um, and so, like, it really wasn't like a restful, like, let's hang out as the guys, like, at all. Work the whole time. Um, and so <laughs> we really think, like, next year, having we another day at least, yeah. like, because we didn't even get done all the content we wanted to do, let yeah. alone resting. And we got so, we got done probably most of the important things. Most of it, at least the immediate stuff. Right. But there's some other big things that we needed to put we, off. So. We need. We really did need another day. Yeah. What I was gonna just just say, just so you guys can hear it, is because I know in my head what I battle uh, when planning these sorts of things is like, I, how am I gonna pull that off? Like, I need to pastor our people, um, and you start kind of yeah. feeling guilty about that kind of thing. Don't do that. Your right. people will appreciate. Right. You stepping back to we're go plan and work you. on and better the church. Right. It wasn't will a vacation at all. No, we were working hard, <laughs> right. but like you need to do that. Um, otherwise it's, it's going to stay same old, same old. Right. Unless you step back to work on the church and not just in it, it will continue to be what it is. You know, that right. it will, like, it's not going to change unless you change it. So just so you guys hear that, like, yeah, it's, you know, to some degree it's going to stretch you and be a challenge to fit that into your schedule of kind of taking that time to only plan things out. Right. Um, but it's worth it. It yeah. really is. Having just done it, you know, you, you just kind of flex your schedule and make it happen and it's worth doing. Well, I mean, you just, you have to do something like if you want something you've never had, you have to do something you've never done. Like that's, that's well said. Yeah. You, like it's like, you know, if we've never like, well, we got to have this big vision that our church is all about one thing. Well, we've never really had that, and I think it's because we've never really done this thing where we step back and plan out right. the whole year. Right. Um, and I think that's really going to give us that kind of cohesive vision as a church. So right. I'm very excited. Yeah. So that was fun. Just a little peek behind the curtain for you guys. Fun, not as in, I mean, we weren't. Well, <laughs> it was working the whole time. Laughs and giggles but it was, and yeah. sport gunfights. No, but it was great. I'm yeah. really glad that we did that. But it was fun, yes. Worth doing, and it was great to spend time just with these guys and... Like we said, we don't get a lot of time to do that. We're no, and we've all been friends you know, at least since high school. For at least for me, with you guys, yeah. and and like our relationship with each other has really become almost completely professional in the sense that we <laughs> yeah. see each other at staff meetings, and that's yep. it. So yeah, that's what but it wasn't for. fun. But it was. But it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, worth it. So anyway, wanted to share that with you guys. Um, thank you guys again for listening. I hope this episode was uh, enjoyable. Hope you guys were encouraged and helped. Um, we love you guys. Thank you for listening so much and for telling uh, your friends. And that's how we've continued to grow um, as far as who's listening. So uh, continue to do that. And like we said, we'd love to hear from you guys, especially capping off this Feats of Strength series. If you have any that you would add, please let us know. Um, as always, you can go to ransomcitychurch.org if you want to do that, if you want to get in touch with us. Uh, go to ransomcitychurch.org, click on the contact tab, and you can submit in any questions or comments that mm-hmm. you have for us. 
uh, at Thesaurus Almanac. And please do that. We'd love to hear from you, and we will talk about them. Yep. Um, so do that. Um, again, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you again very soon. Have a good one.